0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome, one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape volume 120 you can listen to us wherever you get your nfc east blog podcast networks across the sb nation universe you can also watch this show on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel wherever you listen or watch you will hear or see the audio and or visual stylings of myself i am rjo chubb from Blog and the boys he is brandon lee gotten from bleeding green nation and we brandon are recording in our normal time slot It is tuesday July 18th for us. So happy Tuesday, July 18th to you. How was your vacation, RJ? I saw you having a lot of fun
2: in San Diego.
1: It was really cool. Um kind of the first like big vacation with the kid. Um turns out going to a lot of theme parks sort of an exhausting thing. Uh so um very very tired. I'm I'm going to do the like cliche I need a vacation from my vacation thing. Um but uh but San Diego very cool. The weather uh incredible um obviously the heat is taking over like everywhere um but uh, it was nice to get a bit of a reprieve from that eat some good food uh disneyland um i'm going to recommend if anybody is ever going to like have a baby um go to disneyland like both um so that you and your spouse can um sort of enjoy life you know what i mean not that you don't enjoy it, but like you know get one last sort of like babyless trip there but also so you can see all of the accessories you know, I, I i don't think i've ever seen as many strollers in one place as I saw at Disneyland. It was, I, I might've seen 2000 strollers and I think I saw ours once, which is amazing to me.
2: Uh, sounds like you had a good time. Did you like the zoo? The zoo gets a lot of hype.
1: I can understand why it gets hype. Um, I'm not a zoo person. Have I ever given you this take? um, I'm a little bit afraid of the zoo, if I'm being honest. Um,
2: okay, this is not where I expected it to go.
1: Yeah, like, um, like in a very light way. I, I have two really weird fears that were, um, that were like, kind of pricked at over my vacation, which is obviously not something you want to do on vacation. But my fear with the zoo is like these animals have all day to just think and plan, right? Like how to get out. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Why would I want to put myself there? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I I don't know. Like, I think I wouldn't watch it, but a good scary movie to me would be like that happening. I I mean, it just, I would not want to be there when that happened. And here's the thing. Like, if I was in a room, even with like a smaller animal, that's a difficult proposition. Like, I can't communicate with an animal. You know what I mean? I can't be like, hey, let's talk about this if you're pissed off. You know what I mean? So um, I really, um, you know, I went for my son and my family and we all enjoyed it. It is massive. And the volunteers there were incredible uh but yeah uh, not a zoo person in general my other fear um since i'm i guess embarrassing myself so we rode a few water themed rides at Disneyland um with my son we rode it's a small world which is just like you're in a little boat whatever and then uh my parents watched him and my wife and i rode pirates of the caribbean i am weirdly afraid of these kind of rides like if if it's a ride that's in water or something like you're in a boat. Like the the thought of that water petrifies me. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. And like at the beginning of the pirates ride, touching the water, I, I guess so. Like touching the, at one point, my wife like splashed the water on on my son on it's a small World, and I kind of freaked out a little bit. Like I was kind of like, whoa. Like I don't like being in enclosed spaces like that. I don't know if it's claustrophobia. uh and then the water adds something. But it, and so when we got on pirates, I don't know if you've ever ridden this at either uh location in in the states, but um, but so like. They, You know how you get on any kind of roller coaster and the bar, like, locks on your lap? No mm-hmm. bar uh, <laughs> on, on Pirates. And so I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like, why don't we have a bar? And we were in the the last row, my wife and I. So it's kind of like, the physics of this are going to lend to us being the first ones to fly out. And sure <sighs> enough, the the ride starts and it's, like, pitch black. Like, literally, you're in darkness in this boat. And it drops what had to have been a 100 feet. Like, I, I was... Petrified, I didn't scream, but I definitely bruised my wife's hand from like uh, a terror squeeze. Um, so other than that, it was really good though. You brought up a point there that I haven't thought
2: about in a long time. Remember, I feel like as, as a kid, as being young, both in like reality and pictured in TV and movies and everything, it's like, Oh, you have to sit in the front of the roller coaster, like that's the most intense experience. Like the front seat, no. It's like you just said. It's actually the back seat is the craziest because you like you feel it so much more when you're back there. Um, used to go on Medusa at which is no longer Medusa. It's like Bizarro now, I think, at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, with my dad. We used to have um like the um, what's I call it the season pass or whatever. We did that like a couple of yeah, summers. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, and we'd go and sit in the back, and man, <laughs> like it, was, it was crazy how you know, you'd just feel it all the way back there um that's my kind of roller coaster by the way one that like straps you in with the shoulders i don't like the one oh they're on like the, yeah the bar the hip, especially being taller i don't know there's something about it i just feel like i'm gonna like fly out so um <clears throat> there's that and um i had a to your point about the needing a vacation from the vacation i guess that's like hacky or whatever played out to say that like you said but i mean it's true man like i think I think we're doing like collectively we're doing vacation wrong. It's my goal next summer to have a vacation where I literally go somewhere and do nothing like nothing. Like just maybe like a beach resort kind of thing and literally just go from the hotel out to the beach and back in. No other things. Just nothing else. Like that's that's kind of what I want. I kind of did a little bit of that this weekend, um, but not quite. Went to Betterton, Maryland, RJ, on the Chesapeake Bay. And had a good time hanging out in the water at a little uh, bay house with some friends. So Uh, fun was had it was a good time but I was really tired on Monday uh, after getting home late on Sunday night so feel better today I mean
1: a lot of people my family included you you know you feel like we're at this place we're not normally at so we got to squeeze in we got to do everything Um, so I feel you we actually kind of chilled on Friday and it was really nice just to kind of hang out and, and just sort of live um you know we uh we traveled back on saturday too so we're kind of like planning and prepping for that um it's really nice of you by the way to sit in the back as a tall person all six foot five of you um you know doesn't want to be obstructing the person behind you if you sit in the front row as an example um but i agree that's you know and i'm also like i'm I'm not a hands-in-the-air roller coaster person like I, that's not me like again i'm i don't know if i'm afraid of roller coasters or what this is with my like theme park paranoia but um i've said before. If I was like stranded by myself at, at any theme park, but something like Disneyland with a lot of caricatures at night with everything off that I would, I think I would have a panic attack. Um And with it, there's something about water, Um, you know, like those shows that they have, like, like the water world show or whatever, like it's on the like stage in water. You know what I'm talking about? I would never no. swim in that water. Like, like I, I could not handle that. Like I would never, I, w- I would legitimately hyperventilate. Um So I don't know. I, maybe I got to work on this. You know what I mean? But it's nice to be back. Um, nice to be back in the normal routine. Nice to see you. Um, and, wow. um, you know, we, we took a little bit of heat for our left guard discussion um, on last mm. week's episode. You know, there were some people who said that we were acting childish. So maybe that, that's kind of why we're talking about roller coasters right now. Do you we think we've ever been you, childish? Was, it,
2: was, it, was I also accused of this? Nope. Or was this a
1: there, you thing? There was a comment on the YouTube side of things at APTB that said, y'all are acting childish. So, mm. um, you know, we were lumped in there together at least. You know, the NFC is mixtape strong. Uh, I have a little stat for you to kick off the podcast.
2: Okay. You ready for it? Okay. So <laughs> combined record of NFL quarterbacks. Um, if you go by lowest opponent win percentage in playoff wins among 109 quarterbacks in their career out of 109 quarterbacks to win multiple games, who do you think has the worst opponent win percentage?
1: So the record of the teams that they have beaten
2: the 18 and five combined record of those opponents adds up to the lowest opponent win percentage in playoff wins among 109 quarterbacks to win multiple postseason games in their career,
1: uh, to win multiple so postseason. season who games. has like, the weakest,
2: who is the weakest, <sighs> like strength of victory. Well, it's, it's Dak because they beat the below yeah. 500 bucks. 18 yeah. and they and beat 15. The... It's, it's the worst. Out of
1: 109 quarterbacks ever so saying, to win so multiple games
2: in the playoffs, this is the, was, the worst I'm, I'm not, win percentage. I'm
1: just I'm trying to understand the stats. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the combined record of the two teams he's beaten in the playoffs or yeah, the, the 2000 the opponent, and, opponent win percentage. So that it was the 2018 Seahawks with Brian Schottenheimer, as we've talked about a million times, like and then the 2022 Bucks.
2: Five, I think, and then yeah, yeah the bucks and then were the seven, uh,
1: and nine 10? or seven and ten. Yeah. Okay. Boom. Cool. cool. He beat Russell Wilson and Tom Brady though. See, like you can, you know, spin zone yeah, it I that mean, way. Not have really, you? Right. Um, last thing before we start to get into the actual episode, have you started the quarterback show on Netflix? No, I have not. It's really good. Um, I'm I've 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 only watched one episode because I was out. Uh, but I love stuff like this, and so it's really cool. Uh, maybe you, you know you do want to watch it. Marcus Mariota, new Philadelphia Eagles, best quarterback on the Eagles roster. I haven't done that yet. Hmm. Uh, Are we ready to do this? Are ready to do the NFC East all defensive team? You ready? I think,
2: speaking of um, Kirk Cousins, because he's on there, I've seen some people like, oh, he's such a likable guy. I think,
3: Uh,
2: also related to the discourse on Monday, Football Monday, which you weren't part of this time, um, it was just Jeremy Reisman and uh, Michael Peterson filling in. I think the Vikings have almost gotten so overrated now that they're underrated. Oh, my God. In terms of, like, the discourse entering the season, like, this idea that they're going to, like, win, you know, like, five games or something. I mean, like, Kirk's... Like,
1: I don't like Kirk, but he beats up the bad teams. I don't think they're going to win. Like, they're not going to have, like, the number one pick or something. Like, that's crazy. My, my take has always been like generally and i've you know in the defense of, of kirk and, and subsequently the vikings you know I've, I've kind of like locked in on it but my defense has always been he is so much better than like the consensus has you believe like the consensus no. to your point is like oh the vikings are gonna win like five games like no they're they're still like a good team Uh um, they're gonna win and, the
2: division to be clear i think they're gonna win like i mean seven games or so seven eight but like i think people but, are acting like they're gonna win like four now
1: <laughs> i still think that He's the third best quarterback in the conference, right? Like we talk about like, oh, Dak is two, Jalen's one. Like Kirk is number three to me. Like if you want to put Matthew Stafford ahead of him, that's fine. But like, I I mean, if he's, he's fourth then, at he's the absolute, of he's fourth at the absolute worst. And I, I think that they, like my point too, is that he gets no credit for anything. Um, They showed, I've only seen the first episode. They beat that super awesome. What are you giving 2006- him credit for? Well, they, you, like you just done? brought up. Well, hear me out. Like they, you brought up Dak's opponent win percentage, whatever in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kirk beat that super talented 2019 Saints mm-hmm. team, yes. uh, and 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 it Saints gets, but he gets too. like, I'm we have okay, so, so much I'm playoff success. I'm not saying like build him a statue, but like that little era that run the Alvin Kamara draft class, the 17 Saints, like they had, they were really good for a long time. And Kirk went down to New Orleans, which is a notoriously tough place to play. And he had a clutch touchdown to Kyle Rudolph at the end to win that thing. He gets no credit for that. Also, this is one game. Not- I know, I, I, I'm, but I'm just saying like he what gets no the credit next week? for that okay well hear me out they what played a the super week? they played an amazing 49ers team that went to the super how many Bowl passes and got did blasted. jimmy uh okay to again like see Kirk this Cousins. is what you're doing you're like oh he stinks i'm just saying like he gets no credit for that who they, they like, also last year we have done this with other teams we've been like oh this team like hung with the lions they're pretty they beat the lions last year and they authored and granted they fell down they authored literally the greatest comeback in nfl history last year okay. again to do that, you have to down fall to down. The Colts
2: was like pathetic,
1: though. I'm just saying, like, but nobody gives him credit for anything. So that's really all my, my I have to say about Kirk Cousins. But uh it is they an enjoyable have never been show. Down to the Colts like that? That's pathetic. It is kind of amazing. I mean, it's only been one episode. It's really just the Mahomes cousin show because Mariota kind of you know wasn't that great with Atlanta last year. He's a super interesting person, and it's you know fun to watch him. But like as far as the football, it's really just the Mahomes cousin stuff. So um I highly recommend it. The most
2: bestest team to possibly create that's also you're laughing at that uh turn of phrase there but i think that's how isn't that what like um little caesars calls their pizza
1: i don't know like we can ask extra, the aforementioned matthew stafford he's uh it's called extra most bestest.
2: that is literally like the the branding of their um one of their pizzas that they i don't endorse there.
1: them anyway, anyway. um it is time for the all NFC East defensive team. We did the offensive edition last week. Next week, we'll kind of do special teams and coaching staff, um, What with training camps kicking off, and then it's just kind of like the grind for um, six or seven months. Uh, but anyway, so uh, you and I talked about this, Brandon, what positions we were going to field on this defense. Um, you embarrassingly left out a linebacker, which was kind of sad. Uh, so we're going to do wow. two, de- two defensive ends, two defensive tackles, two linebackers, because nickel is the new base, three corners, obviously, and two safeties all understood
2: yeah and just for for clarity and context here I don't remember if I said this in the offense episode like if I think it's always makes the most sense to shape these teams around the best players in the division so like for offense let's say if the wide receivers were all just really kind of like bad or mediocre then we don't do two and let's say in theory like if Travis Kelsey and George Kittle were in the would obviously run 12 personnel as our our all-star team but um yeah so there's a little discussion I feel like needed here just to clarify um, well, how are we going to attack this one
1: we're good roster managers you know what i mean like we adjust to the talent we don't force players right. and talent to fit our scheme so um we, we are the uh, the kyle shanahan so to speak um, of uh, of all this but anyway um Yikes. so okay um i i think we have some weird kind of like you know We can, we can put players where we want to. Cause like, we don't need to go by like where our lads has these players like listed or whatever. But so, um, we'll start, I think I wanted to go defensive end. Like I wanted to go kind of maybe not left to right, but just like along the line. So like end tackle tackle end, if that was okay with you. No, um, you just want to do both defensive ends at the same time? Yeah. I think it's that's important. Okay. That's fine. And
2: I, I don't even have them as defensive end. I wrote down as they're edge rushers. I yeah, mean, just pass rushers. Yeah.
1: Whatever you want to call them, but the two are Micah Parsons and Hassan Redick. Like yeah, that's the answer. Like there's true. there's no way that you can make an argument for anybody else. Um, it's been an interesting kind of turn in the NFC's like Chase Young's like not even in this conversation because I would like my first guy out is sort of DeMarcus Lawrence but if you're prioritizing getting to the quarterback whatever we don't have to have this discussion um you know BLG loves some BLG um obviously um you could talk about you know Josh Sweat you know what I mean you could talk about yep. you know a lot of different players but like that's what I'm saying like Chase Young is nowhere near the conversation obviously you know didn't get his fifth year option picked up but it's this is super this might be the easiest one Micah Parsons and Hassan Reddick. I mean, two more players have uh, more sacks than Hassan Reddick since the beginning
2: of 2020. That is Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. Reddick has thirty-nine and a half. I think he had like what, nineteen and a half last year, including playoffs. I mean, like he was he's pretty awesome. He's a he's a bargain on his contract and he wasn't there at OTAs, and I don't have any evidence to say he's holding out, but like that's something to monitor i feel like because he signed like it's crazy that he was available to be signed last year he only signed for three years 45 million 30 guaranteed that's like that's bonkers of a value relative to like pass like pass rusher money is basically almost like quarterback money and this is like uh very much at a good rate so yeah reddick certainly deserves to be on here and it's interesting think- that both of our so, edge rushers are these linebacker types as opposed right. to like being that more traditional four, three defensive end kind of player. Like um, your DeMarcus yeah, Lawrence. Yeah. Like your the physical build of him is what I'm saying. But I mean, if,
1: if these guys were on the same team, that would, be, <laughs> that would be pretty crazy. Um, well, you know, you're secretly obsessed with Micah Parsons being on your favorite team. So, you know, you want that we don't to happen, need him, but, but if he wants uh, to play
2: for his hometown team that he loves, he can.
1: Um, but on the Hassan Reddick note, just quickly, um, I would, well, I would love to see him hold out just because I would love to see the drama of it. But I also like, in all likelihood, like we talked, like this is so true for so many Eagles, which is, you know, what we've talked about a lot. But like, like, will he have another season like last year? You know, like if you're, if you're playing the like, you know, odds game, like, like, will his earning potential ever be, or will his leverage ever be as high as it is right now? You know, like if, if our job were were to advise him, yeah, I would be like, dude, you have, I said this, at the time after the Cowboys traded for amari cooper in 2018 he should have absolutely held out you know what i mean like you know he should have absolutely because like he he saved that team and there was no way he was ever going to completely match that and he didn't he was still really good but you know what i'm saying like there's no way he will ever hold as much leverage as he does at this moment in time
2: let's let's set that over under for hassan reddick sacks this year at hmm, seven and a see. half he has 39 and a half in the past 3 years so let's say set that at, um 13.2 oh. so i am doing that as opposed to the half so the half uh, you know is in play there so do you mm. think he has
1: more or fewer than 13.2 um so he obviously had a million last year he had 16 he had a, he's only hit over that once in his career and it was this past year so i'll take the mm-hmm. under I mean, okay. he's like, he had, in 2020 at 12 and a half, which is still really good. But I mean, it's really hard to do, too, by the way. Um, I'll still take the ender. It's just sure. really hard. I mean, it's it's really hard to have that. And some of it isn't even like his fault. It's just opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and other things and like getting game planned for. So, um, yeah, I'll but take, you would um, take the over on like 10.2, right? Yeah. I mean, because he's gone over that, you know, yep. each of the last three years, just, just in true. the regular season. Um, Micah Parsons, our other rusher that we're taking, he's had at least 13 in his two seasons, 13 and a half last year. So a bit of an improvement. So let's just use that same figure. 13.2. You're right. Exactly. I'm going to take the under as well, because, but some of that is because of the way the Cowboys are going to be with him. You know what I mean? Like they're, I think a little stingier with, you know, opportunity for him in the regular season because they know how important he is. We've seen them really do that just kind of prioritize the rest of players. So that, that's what I mean by opportunity. And like, he's completely capable of it. I just don't think he'll have the chance because the Cowboys will put him on ice at every opportunity that they can. Did he did kind of fade like quietly
2: later in the year last year. No, am I wrong to say that? Didn't that like kind of happen there?
1: I wouldn't yeah. say fade, but he really had, he was like really in the thick of discussion for defensive player of the year. Um, so like if you kind of just go off of sack numbers, so he had two against the giants on Thanksgiving. And I would say that was Mm -hmm. like the peak of, of his, like, it's going to be Parsons or Bosa. And that was when I lost that bet to Fuchs, and I had to, um, had to tweet that thing and that was really dumb. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but then, so that that was Thanksgiving, the two against the giants from like that moment on, he had one and a half sacks throughout the rest of the regular season. And uh, the half sack was the regular season finale against Washington. So like he he just he he was still amazing and still had the same impact but he lacked the like pizzazz Mm -hmm. you know defensive player of the year type moments like that that part of his resume fizzled a little bit yeah if you expand it to the playoffs it was only two and a half he'd won
2: in the in the bucks game but then zero in the 49ers game so like not you know i'm not saying he's like that all of a sudden but he did kind of go a little bit quiet uh later in the year and
1: that's that's that feeds my like their idea and he played a lot of played a lot more i think it was like 81 uh, percent of his playing time was spent at edge rusher last year so mm-hmm. i mean they they know his value and, and you know they're they're not gonna waste him in like a week four or fourth quarter you know what i mean if, if they have the game in hand or whatever plus they have a bevy of pass rushers you know what i mean so they don't have to like get every last drop out of him in the earlier parts of the regular season so i'll take the under on both all right we'll go over to defensive tackle now where i think this is
2: also kind of I think there's only two right answers here. I have Dexter Lawrence. He's obviously coming off like an incredible season. Um, he was awesome for the Giants last year. Really kind of impressive how he evolved as a player because I remember when he was like considered a draft pro- or when he was when he was a draft prospect, he was being more considered as like run stuffer guy. Uh, and all of a sudden last year, he became much more than that with seven and a half sacks. And I don't even think the the stats totally do or the sacks justice for him, where he was also at 28 hits. Like, that's a really high number, especially considering he'd only been at, like, 11 and 10 the previous couple seasons. Um, His tackles also went up from being in the 50s to 68. Like, TFL's career high, 7. He was second... uh, He's all pro, second team. He's a pro bowler. I mean, I I think it's Dexter Lawrence.
1: I agree with you. Um, But it was not as it was it was closer than I thought it was at least I-, I agree with you. Like he's my first pick, like ever drafting yeah. defensive tackles for this team. Like he's yep. definitely the first one that I want on the group. Um, but I thought that the gap between him and my second choice, and even like kind of my first player out was, hmm. you know, slimmer than I anticipated going into this. Um, Dexter Lawrence is awesome. I think there's an argument that he's the best player on the giants. Um, we I've, also, we haven't mentioned this at this point in the episode, but it's worth mentioning just very quickly. Uh, that Monday's franchise tag deadline passed. Um, This obviously impacts both the Giants and the Cowboys, um, specifically at the running back position. Um, Neither Saquon Barkley nor Tony Pollard got long-term deals. Tony Pollard does or has already signed that franchise tag, so he's obviously playing for the Cowboys, but Saquon hasn't. There was a lot of discourse from running backs across the NFL um, in the aftermath of all this, so I don't know that I believe Saquon will hold out, but that is a factor, obviously, um, heading into the season. But even then, like, Lawrence might be the best player on the team, right? Like, there's a strong case for that. And who else would it be? Who are
2: you taking over him? As Bear chimes in. Um, Bear doesn't like that answer. I mean, am I forgetting anyone? Like, you're not going to take Daniel Jones over him. Some people would probably say Saquon, but no, especially when you're considering positional value in there. Um, I don't know else would be i mean that's darren what i'm waller, saying like if it, darren waller is like actual like in his prime darren waller then you have a conversation there but that's not it,
1: like it depends I, how you how you like guarantee really answer the question like do you define best as like the the player you would most want or do you find best as relative to their positions across the nfl like is dexter lawrence a better defensive tackle than saquon is a running back um because if that's the question then darren waller does have a chance because like the the door for like being the third or fourth best tight end is much more wide open than it is for Lawrence or Barkley to climb their respective positions. You know what I'm saying?
2: Last thing I want to say about uh, Lawrence, who is nicknamed as Sexy Dexy on Pro Football Reference, Ca- canonical nickname. It's crazy how like I talked about the run stuffer thing. He's six four three twenty or sorry six four three forty two. That's pretty crazy for a dude that big to be getting seven and a half sacks. Like that's that's another reason why i'm taking him here it's like, that's like a special kind of profile that you have a guy who's that big who's able to get pass rush um production is that's not just a given the other guy i, I think has to be I've, I've talked about how i think he could take a step back this let me year go, let me go
1: first please okay. so um so dexter lawrence is number one for me i think we agreed second choice is deron Payne.
2: i think you have to based right. on the season he just had
1: right so um so you mentioned pro football reference. Their approximate value um, has Dexter Lawrence as a 13 for last mm-hmm. year. And Deron Payne also as a 13. But Jonathan yeah. Allen was a 12. I I, I I think Jonathan Allen is much closer to this than I really thought. Like, he was my first guy out. Um, and we've, like, known that forever. Like, that's kind of like Washington's thing or whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the 11 and a half sacks for Deron Payne last year, like, he he had a loud season. Like, you know, like I think he earned the spot yeah. this year. But, like, I agree with you. Like, I, I would not be shocked if a year from now – Um, if, if like, it's one of the Washington defensive tackles if Jonathan Allen leapfrocks him again, I know you don't like Jonathan Allen, but like, it's it's no, that's not true
2: at all. I I think it was tough for me in terms of like, am I, am I not giving enough credit to Jonathan Allen? I think you could argue Jonathan Allen's body of work, you know, is better than what Deron Payne has, um, put forth um whereas deron payne's more of a you know could be more of a flash in the pan one year thing and we're rewarding him based on that and not so much the body of work um so i do wonder about that but i think you know he had 11 and a half sacks i think you can't just sneeze at that i think you have to give him credit for that give me one second keep going you got this um so you know, obviously it's not Fletcher Cox. You know, Jalen Carter has potential, but is isn't by no means a proven thing. He could he could conceivably be here next year if things go really right this year. But that's also a big, um, a lot to prove there. RJ's not here, by the way, for the audio list or yeah, audio listeners. But now he's back. Um,
1: Cowboys certainly not in this mix. I oh my mean, gosh! Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that were just gonna be mean. Yeah, I mean maybe Mozzie Smith, like shows up you know that would be like their fast although i do think osa diggy is an underrated player but that's a different conversation he was my underrated player but yeah he's right. not on this um, yeah he has a lot to
2: he has to make a big jump in year what this will be year three for him will, to, yeah, get three. In that, in that conversation, um,
1: i did i didn't want to bring this up so like we were like oh lawrence is like easily number one and i'm like this he isn't is. all a, i know i know but this isn't like all about sack numbers but jonathan allen had as many sacks as him they both had seven and a half you know what i mean and again yeah. They were, they're just they're closer than we think. Like, this is a closer than it feels sort of position or at least, you know, discussion for these two players or three players. But I agree, of the three, I'd rather have Lawrence and Payne. But
2: again, the like, thing about the profile, though, like the sacks at Dexter Lawrence's size, I think is just so much more impressive. And again, sure. the, the, I think the quarterback hits were also higher and uh, much higher in Lawrence's favor as well.
1: So, okay, uh, defensive line is Micah Parsons, Hassan Redick, Dexter Lawrence, Jerron Payne done pretty good Um, defensive line yeah i mean hard to be upset about um so and every team is represented of the first four we have one from each and every single team how cool is that um okay so linebacker is up next um i think the first choice is actually really obvious i I don't know i maybe i'm biased but i do think it's leighton vanderish yeah
2: i mean it's not a great division for linebackers i mean do you
1: and and to and sorry but you brought this up in the chat like we're we're like at off ball linebackers at this point you know what i'm saying like linebackers And that's what i'm saying like leighton is like the vintage version of that you know what i'm saying and he had a really great season last year like i think he is easily the number one choice here like the least debatable one there is a, a slight debate after this but he was awesome like he was awesome at defending the run mm. last year he got hurt and the run you know support really kind of you know regressed for the cowboys And then he returned and things stabilized it was a big deal they were able to bring him back um he's really kind of shed i know i just said he got hurt but he shedded that label that he couldn't stay healthy um, really, ever since the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons, Leighton has kind of been the pinnacle of health, save for that little stretch last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's a pro bowler, right? I mean, he literally hasn't been since his rookie year. But uh, above average starter, at linebacker, which there really aren't many of those, if any others in this division. So certainly he gets the nod. Um, Eagles don't have anyone that would qualify. Eagles might have like the worst start, <laughs> the worst linebacker core, at least one of them in the NFL, uh, depending on what becomes of N'Kobe Dean. And my guy, Christian Ellis. And then uh, Commanders. I mean, so Jamin Davis has been like disappointing. Who else do they really have?
1: He's the only. I, my second spot is down to two contenders, and Davis is one of them. Um, and my other, I guess we're at this point in the conversation, is Bobby Okariki. I know yeah. you're not fond of him, uh, but like it's down to the two well, of them. Relative to the division, I, I am fond of him. <laughs> well, so um, Davis had three sacks last year, which is impressive. I mean, you know as an off-ball linebacker whatever um had way fewer tackles than okariki um okariki forced a few fumbles um you know so depending how much more stock you place in that um i'm inclined to lean okariki um so that's my personal pick um even though i I think you know again kind of a, a thin sort of argument Zero career force fumbles and zero career
2: interceptions for Jamin Davis. Like, I need, I I know it's a simple way to put it, but I really need some kind of playmaking for my linebackers. Yeah. And just to have none is, it, it's a non starter for me.
1: I agree. Okay. So that was pretty simple. Uh, so linebackers, Leighton Vander Esch, Bobby Okereke, and I feel wrong because it violates my adding a new player thing. I really don't like it's that. It's not a real rule. Everyone in the comments I know, is also like, why is this a rule? I know. I mean, I will say I'm kind of walking it back a little bit. Like I, I feel less passionate about it, but I feel obligated to defend it because I said it at one point in time. Have you um, been playing
2: the NFL uh, crossover grid at all, by the way?
1: I didn't know it was uh a th- like out. I know that I mean we've mentioned Pro Football Reference. I know Pro Baseball Reference um like supports the baseball one um I think it's but, Baseball Reference or, or whatever. But either way, um like it's supported by the reference company. I don't think the football one is. I've never seen this, so you can send me the yes, link and I'll, I'll do it.
2: Send I me mean the baseball, but there's a couple ones. There's like it's like NFL crossover grade. I think if you Google that, I've been doing uh, that one. And it's also this like is, Dynasty Daddy. There's this, one this is like when NFL. Wordle
1: came out, and then like a million spawns of it um happened and it was like audio versions. It? It's fun like in the NFL one. I can't do the baseball one. Like that's too. Yeah, it's I, too I don't difficult. know baseball. As he I, said while I wearing say, a Phillies jersey and hat. But I, I
2: legitimately <laughs> don't know like other teams. Right. Like I know I agree some Phillies stuff, but I can't get like, like, I don't know who's on the Mariners. Like in the, and the, the Mariners and the Guardians. Like ugh, I have no, idea. I can't tell you. By the way,
1: um, we went to a Padres game when we were in San Diego. Super awesome. Like very different um, vibe mm-hmm. from Minute Maid Park. Like super kind of progressive and modern ballpark. It's amazing food options. Gas like lamp it was, stadium or it was the, Petco that? Park. Petco Park. It's in the gas lamp district. Um and actually um I should mention this. So it was a they had a giveaway, which it was at the end of the game, which I don't like. You shouldn't force people to stay. I mean I get it, but you know you should do them when people Wait, are walking giveaway at the end. Yeah, it's like you should that's give. People, that's I'm saying you should give people the thing when they're walking into your stadium, not like make them stay till the end of the game, whatever. But you know, it's especially fine.
2: baseball. You know? Um,
1: but so it was a kids giveaway, which again, super cool. But like, there's a also, lot of
2: even less sense. Kids well, can't last the whole game.
1: Yeah, but that's I mean, whatever. So it was a, a little mug, like a little co- like kind of coffee cup, and um it had a bear on it, which was cool because you know our dog. Uh, and the bear was wearing like a Padres uniform. And so I was pushing uh, my son out the game in the stroller and he handed me a box and I I wore a Cowboys T-shirt to the game. It said America's team. It's Cowboys are America's team. And um, and the guy gave me another one. He said, and here's another one for the Cowboys. So that was kind of cool. So, <laughs> so we walked away with two cups. Uh, that was uh, unexpected. So shout so out to just the Padres. Three
2: or four from the Padres, including uh, sweeping a doubleheader. So there you yeah. go.
1: Um. so uh, cornerbacks uh, so I think we should do corners before safeties I don't know are we going to take a break, break, break here um, okay let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors
3: support for this show comes from Atlassian Atlassian software like Jira Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great but together we're so much better
1: We were gone for how long, Brandon? Three hours?
2: Here's a really good pro tip for you. Do mm-hmm. you have a Costco membership? I you do. Do you have Costco down there? Okay, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where it is. Uh, Costco membership, get in there. I don't have one. I went to Costco on Friday as we're going down to the day, as I, I mentioned Myrtle earlier. Beach
1: in Montana or wherever it was, right? No, uh, Betterton
2: in Maryland on the North Chesapeake Coast. Bay. Uh, I was going down with our, our good friend and friend of the show here, Holden.
1: Mm. Who does have,
2: Astros uh, beat the Phillies in the World Series? Just who so you he know. doesn't care? Who does have? He literally just like could not care less. Uh, has a Costco membership, and this to me is a life changing thing that everyone needs to get in on. And Costco, is,
1: you, you know, you know what Costco
2: was? Hold on, it is to get no. Their, hold in, it's his name, not hold. Yeah, on. That's his name. <laughs> yeah, hold on, is um the mac and cheese they have the one that's like um, yeah, you bake it. Yeah, you just bake, you put it in the oven. It's basically almost prepped. And then what you need to do with that is get, and I don't know, You know, I'm I'm sure they're not all set up like this, but the way this one was set up was like the mac and cheese was across like the aisle kind of from the section where they had a ton of dips, you know, like basically like like any kind of like tzatziki and salsa and like just a whole array of dips, including buffalo chicken dip. And let me tell you, you take that mac and cheese, you put some on your plate, or if you have it in the tray, whatever. You mix it with that buffalo chicken dip. Oh, it's a great time.
1: I um do I don't really like buffalo sauce all that oh, much, so this wouldn't. It, this wouldn't be. For, well, I'm happy that you explained the tip for everybody else, but like that's a, a bit of a miss for me. Uh, by the way, on the subject of the um of a, a buffalo dip, I guess, um, and obviously buffalo wings, um, I'm super excited. I know you did the hot ones challenge. I'm super excited to watch the Harry Kane episode. I, I missed did it again.
2: Like, Oh I my did God. It on saturday night because we did it with the group at the uh at the house and um only three people made it shout out to holden and the aforementioned holden and jess for making it through um and there were some reactions <laughs> for sure <laughs> on on um, their minds i mean well the bomb obviously um dude the bomb i said it before but it really does suck like it just uh, it just punches you in the face and it sucks
1: on the subject of all this, um, so I had never seen the Paul Rudd episode until recently. What? Um, it's like well, I know. Well, I, I mean, I understand that, but like, it's just like it this. was a, it was a, it was a bit of a like a pop culture like you know hole in my sort of arsenal. It's Probably but the finally, biggest meme from Hot Ones, or at least one of them. Right, right, right. The like, look at us. But I went and watched it, and like that dude was like respect to paul rudd man (laughs) like he he was like and also the idea of cauliflower wings like i get it if you're not eating meat but like man that just like because it also like allowed him to like eat it like a whole like nugget it was just really i was really exhausted for that's
2: easier i think the nugget form as opposed to nibbling and getting like Mm, the heat on your lips and also touching it if you if you have a fork yeah you can do it you can use the fork and the nugget or the boneless it's still painful don't get me wrong because i did both i did the first time i did the bone in because i feel like you have to to like officially beat you know that's like 100 percent in a game like you have to do the bone in if you're gonna 100 if you're gonna fully complete it but i did the bonus the second time because like i didn't need to prove again that i could do it i wanted to make it a little bit easier and it was a little bit easier but it, you know by the end it was still um i still needed the ice cream i still needed the milk
1: um good for you okay so uh doing corners first right then safeties uh um, we never
2: cut corners here
1: so we're doing three corners as we said at the top and i don't know if we want to do like i mean i know we did this to like receiver a little bit but like i'm 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 personally finally just kind of picking the best corners as opposed to like because like who's the best like slot corner in the end in the nfc mm-hmm. east you know what i mean like it yeah, was a, tough It's a valuable position, but, like, if if we're ranking the slot corners, then I think we're leaving off a really good one. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what – I'd rather just take the three best, and I feel better about that uh, as opposed to, like, well, let's take the two best outside corners and leave off a good one in the name of having a slot corner on this team.
2: I agree unless, like, there's just overwhelming evidence they can't play in the slot for some reason. Um, Someone has to theoretically at least have displayed or is just so good that they you could, like, project that. Like for example, um, Razul Douglas here in Philly. Like I don't think he would have made the list, but he, he was clearly this big guy who was not a slot corner. could Could not change direction inside. So like you know, if you're putting him in there in that scenario, that wouldn't really make any sense to me. But let's talk this through. Who do you have first?
1: Do you show my? Why well, don't like this isn't like a ranking? But my first name was Trayvon Diggs. Like that was the first name I wrote down. <laughs> of course it is. Well, I mean, uh, duh. Like do you know what my job is? Like so that was my like. Is he not on your list? Is he not among your three? Like, again, I do. This but I was also trying to be fair. Well, I mean, so if we're trying to be fair, but you I don't think know, he's the so, best quarterback in the division. I think so. I think wow. he's Wrong. I, I think he's a top three corner in the NFL. I think he's the best in the division. I think, I think the second best is probably James Bradbury, who's on my list as well. Obviously, um, now I'm going to say I don't have Darius Slay on my list, and that's wow. because you have slandered him so much that you you have ruined. I don't. Not that I had a, a promising one, but like you have impacted my opinion of him. And so Mm -hmm. like, that's like, I don't think we can have in good faith to the mixtape. I don't think we can have Darius Slay because he's been so destroyed here. And you've gone on many times about how his interceptions that he has had are against all these trash quarterbacks. Like, I I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it would be genuine to have Darius Slayer. So my top two players I'm placing on the outside, if I have to, you know, kind of rank it that way, are Trayvon Diggs and James Bradbury.
2: That's also who I had, believe it or not. And uh, I just want to note on Bradbury, he allowed the lowest passer rating in the NFL last year, and he did that despite seeing the six most targets of any cornerback. Because even though I think Slay is a little overrated, not a bad player, but overrated, he does have respect from other teams, which says something. But it also, I think those they can be wrong sometimes, and they didn't always want to throw at Slay, and it didn't really work out for him. Because again, he uh, Bradbury allowed the lowest passer rating. He had a ton of pass breakups. He had three interceptions, which is more. And I think he actually had four if you include the playoffs. That's more than Darius Slay's two double. Darius Slay, or no, Slay had three, too. I guess, yeah. He had three because he had two in the one game. Okay. Still, Bradbury still had more when you include the playoffs. Um, so, and also, uh, Darius Slay was not second team All Pro like James Bradbury was. The All Pro voters, which is like kind of, you know, more prestigious as we know sure. than a Pro Bowl, like they recognized that Bradbury was the better player which is i think saying something so um yeah i'm good with james Bradbury, and also he's younger so for projecting this team and what they're going to do this season i think there's like there's a very good chance they might both fall off or one of them falls off and if i have to make that bet i'm rather i'm going with a slightly younger james bradbury
1: i also would add to the bradbury discussion here um and you'll appreciate this the vibes right like of the two and i said this and like i don't mean to bring this up again but like I think it's super impressive that James Bradbury and you can contextualize it how you want, but like as soon as the Super Bowl's over, it was holding. I held. I got caught. Whatever. As opposed to the way That's like Darius, okay, but like generally, you get my you get what I'm saying. Like he he took ownership. However, you want to like you know verbalize it. He took yes. ownership versus Darius Slay, who's like everybody sucks. Everybody's wrong. I'm right. You know, blah blah. blah. Like he's had a lot more drama in his career than James Bradbury has. And so, like, again, the like, the vibes, are, like, do you not gravitate more towards James Bradbury than Darius Slay? That's my point.
2: I do. I think people, people are getting on me for this. They're like, oh, BLG, such a Slay hater recently. And I'm going to only add fuel to the fire there by pointing out <laughs> recently, Darius Slay tweeted, uh, he, he quote tweeted this uh, account that was like, would you rather have a Robert ori type of career or james harden type of career championships or money and then the graphic shows um robert ori pictured with his championship ring seven of them he only made only quote unquote only made 54 million or would you rather be like james harden make 300 million but have zero rings and darius lay tweeted three hundred millions, uh me please and thank you so like look i get it like that's a lot of money and i can't blame anyone for wanting 300 million in a vacuum but also like it's also it seems so tone deaf to me like James Harden right now out of like maybe all his career is perceived more than ever as a loser no one wants him like he was going to opt out of his contract and and hit free agency with the thought he was going to get a payday he didn't do that and he couldn't do that because there wasn't a market for him he had to opt back in which was not like the expected path for him and now he's demanding a trade out but no one like wants to give up anything for him and he's coming off of this playoff series where like he had a couple good games for sure. But T in Game Seven didn't show up at all. Game Six didn't really show up a lot. Um, so like, okay, why all are right. you... enough
1: enough with hard. I, your point but, is made. But the point you're, is, you're... yeah, but the point is, like, why are you?
2: Like comparing yourself to that player right now <laughs> like there's this i, I don't mean, know it seems like i don't think he was comparing
1: himself to me. the player but like it, i mean i get your point yeah, but it's why would the, you why well, it's, would like, be it's like, oh, like, I, the be fan, like him. I mean i agree with you it's like the fan question of like would you rather your team win one super bowl and suck for 20 years or like be a playoff team for 20 straight years and never win the super bowl you know what i mean like um and i also don't think the question is fair because robert it's not like robert Ori was like you know just hanging out like he was a big part of the as a Spurs fan you know what I mean like like he had big moments like he had the best version of that kind of career that anybody we don't ever, make 54 th- million by being a scrub I mean that's what I'm saying so um but anyway um yeah so Darius Slay not a part of my list on Trayvon the other corner that's making the list I, I think Trayvon is a I don't know if you've like covered it this way but like a great case study or example of what Slay or Bradbury could kind of experience in 2023 like the regression so to speak and we said this like this was the only way regression showed up for the Cowboys last year the argument was like he was, he's not going to have 11 interceptions which he did in 21 it was like that's never going to happen no way no how Um, and he only had three I say only but I mean so his, since his rookie year in 2020 uh, he has 17 total interceptions, two that he has run back for touchdowns. Although both of them were in 2021, obviously. Back-to-back Pro Bowler, which isn't as prestigious as being an All-Pro, but he was a first-team All-Pro in 2021. And I've said this many times, he had way fewer interceptions last year than he did the year prior. But he was a much better player and a much better cover corner. The like the rap on him and his like all or not, like aggressive or whatever, that really subsided last year was a much more physical player he had this great physical stop it was early in the season on jamar chase that really helped kind of win that game for the cowboys like he he is evolving as a player and you talk about holdouts and things like that i am i'm a little on alert but for that of of the contractual situations for the cowboys that's the one that is the the like most fire that they're playing with uh because he's entering a contract year and so we'll see what happens with camp starting and whatnot and obviously stefan Diggs uh, can get out of his contract in buffalo next year like it makes sense for them to kind of position themselves together strongly. He obviously had a situation about a month ago. Uh, but Trayvon Diggs is, you know, it's hard to be this way when you play for the Cowboys, but he's a kind of underrated player because so many people have latched onto that one narrative. Uh, who's the third corner? You're going to say Gilmore. So I looked at Gilmore against Slay because I wanted to be fair because he was a productive player last year and against our guy, Adoree Jackson. We've been really high on Adoree for a long time. It's not
2: Adoree. I like Adoree, but it's not him. No,
1: well, I, I, I mean, he was the third guy. Like if I had right. to – you it's know, Either if Slay I... or Gilmore, though, to be clear. So if we look at their seasons last year, do you know how many <clears throat> interceptions – do you have something break? No, it sounds
2: like someone's just honking their horn oh. <laughs> very loudly outside, which is cool.
1: Uh, so Slay had three interceptions last year. Do you know how many Gilmore had? Did you look? Do you have this in front of you?
2: Um, I was going to say like two, and then yeah, yeah, he had
1: two. two. Um, he had fifty-three solo tackles to Slay's forty. Of course, teams were
2: running more against the Colts than they were against the Eagles because of the game script.
1: Um, if we include vibes, which is not totally fair, Gilmore is like a universally loved, great, you know, super amazing team. He's obviously not his defensive player of the year self. I, I do feel like this is kind of a coin flip, which is why the vibes, you know, because because Slay has done a lot to kind of hinder his candidacy, as we just discussed. Um, so I'm, I'm fine if if we agree that it's Slay, but there's definitely a strong case for Gilmore. Gilmore also violates my, you have to be on the team last year rule. But again, we've already broken that I think
2: you have to make a conces- concession at some point if I go with Gilmore here. I think you have to give me Landon Dickerson at left oh, guard if I'm, I'm saying it's Gilmore. Then I'm going to say it's Slay.
1: I mean, I'm fine saying it's like he was very productive last year. I mean, also like the
2: age thing concerns me with Gilmore as a real point. The, so the thing I think working in Gilmore's favor is that I could think we could have him be our nickel cornerback because he kind of did some of that. I feel like didn't he when he yeah. was the defensive player of the year? He was like lining up everywhere. That's part of what made that campaign especially impressive. It wasn't like he was just like on the outside locking guys down like they were moving him all around and he was like going up against like tight ends too and like locking them down. So I do think you have the argument for that, um, but he's also older and that concerns me. Um, uh, So it's tough I think it's a coin flip But Darius Slay is a little bit younger And for as much as I think he's overrated I don't think he's a bad player um and because you can't have dickerson i think i think you can't have tyler smith over dickerson and this i think you have to give a concession at I'm, some
1: point this isn't a concession for me like i think it's fair to involve darius slay so i'm sorry that you don't all right get then we'll go the, slay the little, okay i'm sorry that you don't get the little joy that you wanted um, slay
2: also i will give him credit for at least in the past i don't the eagles haven't done this as much but he has had a track record of shadowing guys so he is also someone i think who can follow receivers around including into the slot
1: I think if 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 slay just went about things a little bit differently we would perceive him a lot differently. You know what I'm saying like it's hard it, to insist to be called big play slay. That's that's me. literally what I was about to bring up like cuz you and, you brought that up before. Like so, you know, and
2: and also and, be literally like the highest paid player on the team or at least like highest cap number on the team and then have zero interceptions. Like he, I think he just gets too much of a pass, man. Zero interceptions since week 6 when he picked off Cooper Rush.
1: You just said he had to be ahead of Gilmore. I mean, I do. But I mean, so I I think this is, so far, of the players we've picked, and we have two left, but of the nine we've picked, this is the, the least stable Jenga piece to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, like, you know, I would, I would bet highly on at least Gilmore leapfrogging Slay, if Gilmore's on the Cowboys next year, you know, or so, in the division. But, like, oh, what Slay, he, he's the least stable piece to this tower for me, theory Slay. But, I mean, I mean, I think he deserves, because we've talked, this is an exercise that is heavily weighed upon what you did last year. And Darius mm-hmm. Slay was a very, very, very good player last year.
2: If you go by the um NFL insiders thing, which ESPN has been putting out the rankings right, right, right. compiled by executive coaches Scouts, which is isn't gospel, um, but is worth looking at. They actually have Slay as the fifth best cornerback in the league. They have Trayvon Diggs down at eight there, and then both um, Gilmore and James Bradbury are in the also receiving vote section. Interesting that James Bradbury wouldn't make at least like honorable mention. Um, but it's I think a tough he, field though.
1: I think he gets like the like Robin rap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and Slay gets like, the Batman one. And there's like a Robin rap and
2: also the Super Bowl like, right, right. Like um, being especially harshly punished for that because it was such a visible moment.
1: I mentioned this and also shout out to our friend, Tim, the whiskey influencer for this, um, who brought it up with the aforementioned Leonard Dickerson, Tyler Smith argument, but um, profile references approximate value metric for last year. Um, so a Jackson was a four and Gilmore was a five. Just again, like I think a like was worth, it was worth mentioning his name at least, uh, but Slay was an eight. That's what I'm saying. Like it's really, it's it's not hard if you're looking off of just last year. Now, if you are extrapolating and considering a lot of other extenuating circumstances and factors, the conversation becomes much larger for Gilmore. But this makes sense. Um, so we have two safeties. And I do want to say, um, I talked about this to you or with you in Slack. There's an argument for like, if you don't love Bobby Okereke or whatever, um, and you want to have like the safety linebacker hybrid, like there's an argument for J-Ron Curse in that role. I, I don't have J-Ron Curse as one of my two safeties. That's the only way he would have made the team for me if we had you know, done things like that, like you talked about fielding the best possible group. I, I think that's a discussion, but fine, we didn't. Um, that being said, I do think the best safety is still a Cowboy. I think it's Donovan Wilson. I think he has to be the first safety that we put on the team. I'm looking at
2: the um, NFL insider rankings for offensive linemen, and interesting, I don't see Tyler Smith's name anywhere in oh here gosh. for either tackle Let or guard. Let it go, guard, seriously. Rent Dickerson free. Rent, rent free. Rant in free. guard so that's just worth mentioning the safety thing is really tough for me I, I don't think there's a very like you know
1: i have three I, names I, that, that were at the very top of my list so i had to pick two of them and i don't know if the if your two are from here but it was donovan wilson who is easily I didn't have the best
2: donovan wilson on but like that's a name that you would have so much more you know like i don't think anyone else is paying attention to him outside okay of the people who
1: my my other uh, two i imagine were in consideration for you cameron curl Again, if, we're, if we're throwing out names for consideration and Xavier McKinney, those are my three names that I kind of like debated. Philly has nobody that's in the mix here. And I mean, huh? an elite, I mean, no, they,
2: they don't this year, but
1: Reed Blankenship's player watch. He was the 10th highest. Okay, but safety. that's not the conversation that we're having here. This isn't like a projecting into the future. This is based like off of current players, what we know, et cetera, et cetera. Don, so of these three, Donovan Wilson has the highest AV he actually has the best, like, statistics all the way around of all three. He played What is most, his A.V.? It's six compared to Cameron okay. Curl's four and Xavier McKinney's three. Now, McKinney, what made it hard for me, and I'm fine putting him on because I think he's a better player than Curl, but he only played in nine games last year. You know what I mean? So, like, and that's tough to kind of, like, feel great about. But, again, there's not a lot of options here. Yeah. Um, I don't think
2: we can go McKinney because of that. I do agree that, like, because that's, that's, that's significant. I think it's also for that.
1: Also, Wilson is a weapon like it, we haven't added the coaching staff yet, but I, I would presume that Dan Quinn is going to be the defensive coordinator of this group. And Dan Quinn has really unlocked him. And is a big reason why Wilson also got a new contract from the Cowboys this offseason. He had five sacks last year, five. Like, I mean, yeah. he's a playmaker, you know, with the way his coordinator uses him. He had two forced fumbles. You know what I mean? Like he is making an impact on deep. Like, that's what I'm saying. He has to be the first player that we add here. So the Cam Curl thing
2: is interesting. He was actually PFF's second highest graded overall safety last year, which is a little surprising to me, especially when you remember how I talked about earlier with um, Jamin Davis, that like the zero interceptions and zero force fumble thing in his career. It's kind of tough for me. Well, Cam Curl has zero interceptions and zero force fumble in his last 28 games. So you're not really getting like playmaking out of him, which isn't everything. I think there's something to be said for being in the right position and not allowing big plays, which seems to be the case for him. But like, it's just tough for me, and here's a player you didn't even mention and was under was it in my most underrated players when we did that episode last month. Like Derek Forrest could be in the mix here. I mean, he had four picks last year, two forced tumbles. He allowed just a 75.4 pass rating when targeted. He only missed three tackles relative to making 88. That's, like, really good, so he's a good tackler. And
1: you cited approximate value, right? What did you say Donovan Wilson's was? It's a six, and he's a five to your point. Yeah. So he's he's the second highest. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, so like, if we look at it and if we look at it, I have a tough so, time going Forrest over curl. Like it doesn't
2: really make sense to me. Well, I mean you might just have to do it.
1: If we if we lean things out too, so Forrest played all 17 games last year. Curl only yeah. played twelve. Um, but in that same time, uh, curl had more solo tackles, um, and almost so as anything. many tackles overall. He had way more tackles for loss. You know what I'm saying? Like I think curl might be the better player, but like, but Forrest has the better resume from last year. Mm. I still think it's curl. I mean, personally, and he's been, he's got like a, 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 longer, it's not a long one, but he's got a longer track record of being like a, you know, underrated, good kind of, you know, not talked about enough sort of player.
2: Do we want to kick Okariki out and put both curl and Forrest and Wilson in? Cause can't Wilson play a little bit of linebacker?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. If we're doing that, then I want to put mm. Jaron Curson. I mean, like that's, that's the, the real like safety I want playing linebacker, not one of mm. these two dudes. So if you want to kick Okariki out and
2: put Kirsten, I'm all down for that. But, um, I guess but, I think we'll just have to disrespect Forrest and, and say it's not him. Cause I just, I think it well, I just think it's tough to be like, yeah, it's Forrest. It's not curl.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a slam dunk to be clear, but I do think the answer is Cameron and curl. Um, and so I mean, it's close, but, like, you, you can only have two safeties here. That's the way we designed this thing. So, um, yeah. And Reed Blankenship just isn't there. Not Reed Blankenship, Christ. Um Man, uh, I don't know why I always – No, I, who's the kicker that I'm thinking of? Rodrigo Blankenship, right? Oh, I guess. Yeah, I don't so know. I have no are idea. They re- are of. they related? No. <laughs> are you serious? Is that his name? Yes. There's that's such a unique last name. Have you ever heard that they last they look a lot alike. i know but i'm just saying like that is uh a really this is actually a google thing um
2: i mean isn't um rodrigo brankenship um um what's his background yeah he's brazilian
1: yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, relationship is
2: like uh, he's not Brazilian. I don't think I, I don't, no, don't want to make assumptions, look, but I don't think he's you, Brazilian.
1: If you look at their profile pictures, like they're just like general ones. Like, they, I mean, if you told me they were cousins, I I would not be shocked. I mean, that's all I'm saying. But um, maybe through marriage, but not um. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Okay. So we agree it's Donovan Wilson and Cam Curl. Um. Are you ready for the totals? So yeah, our team, um, defensive line: Micah Parsons, Sasan Reddick, Dexter Lawrence, Daron Payne. Linebackers, Leighton Vanderesh, Bobby Okereke, Corners, Trayvon Diggs, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, Safeties, Donovan Wilson, and Cam Curl. The Cowboys lead the way with four players. The Eagles have three. Both the Giants and Commanders each have two. Okay, so a little
2: bit closer right than the offense, because the offense was at – what did I have that at? I forgot already. I had – well, you messed it up by shoehorning – um... By being
1: accurate and correct? We actually have it here. Sorry, I was
2: looking at a further further back version that I had to compare. I'm pulling it up right now. Here we go. We actually have... I think we had Eagles 5, Cowboys 3, Giants 2, Commanders 1. So overall... The Eagles still have the most with eight total. Cowboys have seven. The Giants have four. And the Commanders have three. If we're talking offense, we haven't done
1: specialists yet. I mean, let's hold on. I mean, Um, that's um, not evenly weighted, though. (laughs) That's not like it's not the same as offense and defense. Well, we do specialists. We're going to do what kicker, punter, and returner. Yeah, I mean like yeah we don't we don't need to do a long snapper no offense
2: you know. i think it's just punt returner i don't think we're gonna do because kick returns don't really exist think, well that's a, just anymore.
1: general returner like call it what you want but like if you know i'm but saying I think you gotta it's to pick one return.
2: Punt return because again there's, that's fine like, kickoffs are becoming extinct
1: that's fine our punt returner who can also field kickoffs so so just have different um, okay. Some teams have different ones. It's a different skill set. Um, okay, so that is our all-NFC East defensive team. Congratulations to all of the players. What will they be receiving in the mail as a method of congratulations, Brandon?
3: Mm.
1: I don't know. Uh, The answer that you're looking for is a link to the NFC East Mixtape playlist, which is something that we curate each and every single week. You, myself, Rachelle, we all add a song to our growing playlist. Um, The time has come to do that. Rachelle responsibly submitted her song already. Uh, Let me find it here because I want to read exactly what she said. Um, She said, um, yeah, she said, with the Barbie movie coming out on Friday, it's only right that I choose Barbie World by Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice nice yeah good pick by rachel as always you're gonna rachel see was it? just in
2: Cancun, by the way shout out she to rachel. was Ra-
1: rachel is a world traveler um are you gonna see the barbie movie i guess rachel is i'm not a big movie guy you know that they're too long are you gonna see oppenheimer Oppenheimer. i mean maybe like
2: eventually but i have no plans mm. to rush to see it the only thing i really have time for because i feel like i need to keep up with it because i like the um, continuity of it all, and my completionist is the Marvel stuff because I feel like I have to. I'm in too deep right. that I can't just give up at this
1: point. Right, I'm in too deep. The faster we're falling, we're stopping and starting, we're running in circles again. It would be my song wow, if uh, um, I. If, if this was a DCMA'd, what's the term? It, it would be my song if this was American Pie. Uh, you know what I mean? Because that's like the song that's in every single American Pie movie. Uh, but that's not my song. Um, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? What do you want? You can go first so we recorded last week's uh episode very early thanks to you um you were very kind um in um you know adjusting to me um and we recorded it before the uh recent re-release of Taylor Swift's album speak now um now here's the thing I am picking a song from the album the re-release version so Taylor's Mm -hmm. version um music is we we've kind of talked about this before music is so powerful with how it can transform you like or or, and transport you you know what i mean like like a song can transport you to a different time in your life and immediately make you feel like different emotions and things that you were experiencing then and i think that's really unique about the taylor swift we release stuff um so this album speak now i saw this um this tour with my friends at minimade park actually aforementioned uh in houston and it was when i was in college like it was just like so when when i was re-listening to it, it just took me back to all those times it was i hadn't been like transported by music um like that in a very long time so i am picking uh not to be now i'm picking sparks fly hmm. taylor's version by taylor swift do you like gold rush by taylor swift what <laughs> do
2: you like that song gold rush
1: what are you talking about
2: isn't that a song by her
1: um I don't think so. Is that one of the new ones on the, I haven't listened to the whole, I just listened to the old third song on her ninth studio album. Evermore. I, Oh, I'm not a big fan of the like most recent albums. Like those haven't hit me the way, like the 2010 to like 2014, 15 albums do a lyric in that song quote with my Eagles t-shirt hanging from the door,
0: which Mm. she confirmed
2: is a Philadelphia Eagles t-shirt. So you're a big Philadelphia Eagles supporter fan basically is what you're saying. All right. Anyways. Um,
1: okay. So what do you got?
2: My pick is a little off the radar, off the grid. Sometimes I like to listen to some instrumental music and mm. I'm going to go with, and I think this is our first instrumental only song on the playlist. Yeah. I'm going to go with L Ten Eleven. That's the name of the band, band, band. E L space T E N space 11.
1: You're gonna have to slack me
2: this Okay. L 10 11 three different words and the song is called my only swerving and it's a good i feel like driving song especially mm. more so not like a highway driving song more like you're cruising around the neighborhood maybe going to the grocery store or something uh it could be like a night driving song coming back from i don't know somewhere dinner or whatever it's a little uh groovy song that i think is fun so give it a chance give it a listen okay. the whole album is really good the whole album that that song is from but Uh, it's actually the first song that kicks off the album so if you like it listen to the whole thing but uh just that song to start
1: um great call on getting a wordless song um instrumentals always slap um my favorite one actually um is from pirates of the caribbean it's the pirates of the caribbean theme song which you would think like the fact that i like it would mean i wouldn't be scared on the ride but you know can't conquer that fear for whatever reason so Uh, yeah now we're getting dmca'd for everything (laughs) (laughs) like do we just want to sing barbie world too um okay um i thought it's funny
2: because when i was hanging out with Holden elizabeth this weekend they started singing the the mixtape intro and at first it took me a second because i don't listen to you know i don't always listen Hmm. back to the intro sometimes i listen to parts of the show but i don't like listen to it from beginning to end um so it's funny when i'm hearing that because i'm like wait what is that why does it sound familiar
1: um i guess i mean that really isn't that funny to me but um i like it i, I was gonna say when i was reading rachel's message and she said like with the movie coming out i thought she was gonna pick barbie girl not barbie world mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. dude seriously like are you just like you know you should want the episode to die because like, i mean that doing? was within like what it's like five seconds there's a certain amount of time right yeah yeah, yeah. for use um okay wow let's chunk deuces as we leave brandon tell us your f- Three we talked about Buffalo dip. Three favorite dips. Um in order. That, that Asc- aren't Buffalo Chicken Dip. Yeah. Ascending order that aren't Buffalo Chicken Dip. Ascending that's order. One. So three, two, three, Ascending two, one. order. So like you but, mean But Buffalo chicken dip is excluded from this conversation.
2: Ascending order, so you mean like least favorite of the three that right, i like right, right. Most? three, okay. two, one, right. Man, there's a lot of dips out there to think about. I'm gonna start with maybe like a French, like a like that an onion dip like you know ones that you would dip, mm-hmm. like just plain like lays chips into little little you know.
1: packets into the into the sour cream. Mix it up, right? Um
2: that's really good. You can go to town on that. Number 2, I'm going to say pizza dip. I make a, piece, a good pizza dip. picks um, or your line. Huh? picks or your line.
1: When you, do you see pictures of this. We
2: need picks or your line. Oh, when do you see pictures? Okay. Sorry. I thought you were saying like one word I couldn't understand. Uh, I, I don't know if I have any pictures, but I uh, I think I do. Post that. Number 1. Mm, a lot of pressure here. Um a sauce count
1: Unless it's in a shape like a like a dip. I got I just
2: want to this place, like, you know, I got a jar of you could use it as a dip if you really wanted to. I'm counting it. It's like this truffle aioli. I'm counting that. You could dip like you could dip um crackers or chips into that.
1: I've said this before. Um I don't like how wing places serve their dips, or like whether it's ranch or blue cheese, whatever you want, even ketchup, I guess. Um, whatever you're gonna dip your wing into. I don't like how they serve them in round containers that this is a very passionate stance of mine because you can't get it all in. you certainly can get the flats in. you know like maybe for the drums you can get like the you know the heavy part of it, but like what well, we need are rectangular containers so we can kind of like you know like like twist it through so we can get the whole wing you know dipped out. That's something that will revolutionize the world. All right, we're done. Say we're done again, we're done again.